Hello. Very good. This is Annika in Columbia. And Maria in Vancouver, Washington. Perfect. Well, we are still here to talk about Bellingham, the city of subdued whatever we decide to talk about. We want to get to know you, Bellingham. Both well-known. And not so well-known. I am away at my parents' house for 4th of July and my dad's birthday. Um, it's nice to see everybody. And makes me uh, makes the heart grow fonder. A little bit of distance, they say. What about you, Annika? What what are you up to? You had family come to you instead of the other way around, right? Yeah, we have Tom's mom is in town. And so she's staying with us. She drove all the way out here from North Carolina because she was, uh, she didn't want to fly. Smart. Yeah. They're on a walk right now. And mostly that's what we've been doing is just either hanging out at the house or walking around outside. How'd Romy do with the fireworks last night? For such a skittish dog... And such a paranoid, nervous dog. He doesn't give a shit about the fireworks. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like my dad watched Romy a while ago. And my dad was commenting, though, about how with his dog, Ice-T, he doesn't like the vacuum. He doesn't like the coffee grinder. He doesn't like the lawn mower. He doesn't like the dishwasher. He hates the fireworks. He's just like, does not like loud noises. He doesn't mm-hmm. like skateboards, like the wheels. Romy doesn't give a shit about any of those things. So he said that when he, when Romy was at their house, dad would just vacuum around Romy and Romy would just like sit there. Oh. But so it's the same thing with fireworks. He doesn't give a shit. And he just, he popped his head up and kind of looked around when he heard the first firework. And then he stuck his head back into Tom's armpit or wherever he Aww. likes to put his snout. But yeah. So, you know, the, I find that the smellier you are, the more your animal wants to be around you. <laughs> I'm not saying like Tom is, is a smelly man or anything, but like just, you know, animals love their people's smells. And so, you know, sometimes later in the day, your smell gets a little bit stronger and your mm-hmm. your your pets are kind of like little pervs. Oh, yeah. They're weird. I'm not even going to get into <laughs> the pervy things that Romy does, but because oh, he loves you. He just because he loves me. That's all. So were you able to see any fireworks from where you were? Kind of a little bit. We so every year. Since I've lived in Bellingham, we've gone out to, I have a friend who lives on Neptune Beach, the Lummi Reservation. Yeah. And and we, we always go out there because, and I am not personally the most patriotic person. I'm not like, I don't know. I also don't have a lot of like school spirit or like. I just don't get excited about things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm all for holidays. I think we should have more holidays. The more holidays, the better. Opportunities to eat and and drink are always something that I'll enjoy. But the uh, the general theme of the, the 4th of July, I didn't really do much, but I wore a pair of red pants yesterday. That was kind Ooh. of the extent of it. Exciting. Yeah, so we always go out, though, for... 4th of July to Zoe and Doug's because it is Doug's birthday. And we celebrate Doug's birthday every year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But this year we didn't because we have Tom's mom and then they weren't having people over and we weren't really leaving because of COVID. And so we just hung out in the backyard, did a fire pit, drank way too many White Claws, and we could kind of see some of the bigger fireworks Mm -hmm. from over the bay. But yeah, that's yeah. that's the gist of it. What about you? Okay, so my neighbor is a special ed teacher. And so we just kind of did what 
special ed teachers do when, you know, they have a glass of wine and they're next to each other. Just like talk shop for three hours. Yes. So I had fun. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows about everybody else at the party? They didn't really, I don't know if they're super interested on uh, our hot takes about the reading wars or anything like that. Um, But yeah, I didn't end up seeing any fireworks, which is weird because I heard that like fireworks are contraband in our neighborhood right now. Okay. But my neighbors have never given a fuck about that before. (laughs) And they always spend way too much money. And like, it's kind of a competition, you know, it's a well off neighborhood, my parents neighborhood. So this is one of the ways that they can try to one up each other is by yeah, flex. Do it. Who's got the best Christmas house? Who's got the best fireworks? That sort of thing. Um, and I'm surprised I didn't, I didn't see any from where I was sitting in the backyard, but I, I heard a couple. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I have spent the 4th of July in Bellingham before and I don't. I think that, like, most of the official 4th of July stuff, like, downtown was canceled this year for, for COVID reasons. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a funny, like, 4th of July story okay. from way back. Let's hear it. So was, I was what, with, a, with a few friends. We were just trying to find a, a good place to watch the fireworks. Or we had already watched the fireworks and we were making our way downtown trying to hit up a couple bars. Mm-hmm. Kind of forgetting the order of events here. But... <laughs> You know, we 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 run into this like sad, sad drunk dude, Aww. and he you know just starts following us like a puppy and telling us, asking us if uh, he has, asking us if he could be our friend and like telling us his his woe is me stories, and then he just like starts doing really weird shit, like running in people's yards and like oh. take like taking his pants off and like. Sh- yelling really loud if any of us have like cocaine and we're like no sorry we're we're drinking tonight we're we're not uh we're not a hard drug crowd and also chill the fuck out man Uh, yeah (laughs) and so you know isaac he's a he's a well-mannered dude and he's like like really trying to like nicely make this person go away (laughs) and and then luckily kathy was there and she was just like Dude, you gotta shut up or get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I always wonder, like, what ended up happening to that guy. Uh, I hope that he found a group of friends, you know, that could keep up with his level of energy and actually wanted him around. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the night we ended up at the weird back of the house party at undisclosed restaurant. On <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't know. Last year, I ate some Russian dumps and watched the fireworks outside the uh, the underground. So that's the usual. That's the usual. So our listeners were were uh, not not a whole lot happened this week. That you know, being a holiday and, and everything, it's pretty quiet as far as like news and, and hot takes go. So hopefully, mm-hmm. you enjoyed little Fourth of July stories. And uh, we hope that you got to, you know, not celebrate in an unsafe way with a bunch of people. Hopefully you didn't do that. But maybe if you had a couple friends in your backyard or you went to a park and, and had a couple beers or something. You know, I hope you got to, to do something like that. Yeah. With that, we're just going to head right into our interview. This is a, a fun one, although we apologize. The audio in this uh, interview is great. Yeah. Different, different guests have different equipment. And that affects the quality of the sound, but... The content. The content is the, what matters. The content is what matters, and our friends over at Bloom and, and Bone, who you are going to hear from, they run a really interesting little small business, and we'd love it if you'd, uh, if you'd hear them out and figure out what they're all about. Awesome. 
So today we have two very special guests, new business owners, Juniper and Aiden. These two Bellingham locals recently embarked on their small business ownership journey. We are excited to learn more about them and also about their new craft business, Bloom and Bone Trading Company. How are you guys doing? And uh, do you have anything fun to drink? <laughs> We're doing really well. Um, we have, uh, we call it spicy water in our household, but we just have glasses of Ooh. seltzer with this really yummy uh, rose hip syrup that a friend brought back from their trip to Ireland. So we have very faunchy spicy water today. Oh, I like it. That is so cool. Annika, are you um, imbibing anything? I am. I'm just still like very curious about the rose. So rose hip? Rose hip syrup. Syrup. Okay. I'm just thinking of like all the cool things you could put rose hip syrup into. Right. I think it would be really yummy in like my, my past bartending experience is like you could totally put it in, I think, a gin drink. I think that would be really tasty. Um, I could Ooh. absolutely see it in a whiskey or For a vodka sure. drink. Yeah. I am just drinking a Dawn Patrol from Aslan that I've had stockpiled of. So I'm drinking one of those. Yeah, and I've uh, I've got the Crepuscular Rays Hazy from Wander. The okay. can, the, the beer is really good. The can is very beautiful. Props to whoever did the art for that can. Nice. Juniper and Aiden, since this is a Bellingham podcast, what brought you to Bellingham? Um, do you want to go or shall I? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so I was raised here so i spent most of my youth okay in this lovely town and then went away to college slowly made my way north from olympia and uh moved into seattle to do professional theater and then met juniper and we started our relationship and when we moved in together it was a little bit of a I don't want to say a crapshoot, but it was, <laughs> it, was a little it was a little it was a little slapdash, and that we had to do it very quickly. So we didn't take everything into account when we were doing that, and so we moved into an apartment like a block away from Seattle Center, right downtown. Like we could see the Space Needle from our kitchen. Yeah. It was amazing, and it was awful. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like ground floor downtown Seattle. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is that a, uh, like, Belltown? Yeah, it was right on the edge of Belltown. It was considered Lower Queen Anne. Mm -hmm. And we lived in this absolutely deliciously haunted, what was it, 1907? I think it was 1907, yeah. 1907 built apartment building. So, like, aesthetically, it was perfect for us. Location-wise? Not so much. Not the greatest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then about a year into living there, the rent increased and I was recovering from a surgery. And so we couldn't financially or energetically continue living in that space. So um, we asked my mom if we could come move in with her up here in Bellingham for originally it was a short span of time just so we could get our our feet underneath us and then get jobs and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of how we ended up here yeah it was kind of more a move to be closer to Aiden's family and a little further away from mine I love them and uh, yeah I get that. driving is like perfect space so 
Aiden, you're originally from Bellingham, and then Juniper, where's home for you? Uh, home for me, I was born and raised in West Seattle, and okay. kind of grew up all around Seattle, South Seattle, so this is like the furthest north that I've ever lived, okay. but I am I'm a rare Seattle unicorn in that I am a native, uh, <laughs> born and raised here. <laughs> um, so something that we like to ask our guests is if they have a Bellingham story, something amusing containing a person, place, or thing that other locals would recognize. Yes, we have a, a, like, I don't know, I find this story really fun. Oh, it is. So, Aiden and I are big Supernatural fans, not just, like, the thing, but the television show, and Dear Misha (laughs) Collins is on Supernatural, and I think it was maybe a month after we had moved up here, Mm -hmm. and we were going on a date to Rag Finery, because that's how we roll. And so we're walking down the 20th Century Bowl, and I looked, and I'm like, wow, that guy looks like Misha Collins. Oh, my God, it's Misha Collins. (laughs) 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 And it was everything that I could do to not completely and totally, like, fan flail in front of Misha Collins. Mm -hmm. who was adorably... He was, he was, uh... Inebriated. Rather inebriated. <laughs> walking around yes. outside of the Century Bowl. And so I, like, grabbed Aiden's hand, and we walked a little bit faster, and then we rounded a corner, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, we're, we're both kind of hyperventilating, <laughs> flailing our hands. Oh my gosh. Ah. And then I think I Instagrammed about it, and it was, uh, it was great. I'm like, oh look, it's Cassiel. Oh. <laughs> I, I have a friend who would probably lose their damn mind if that happened like so i i don't watch supernatural personally but i know how supernatural fans are and they would take that very seriously so very cool i uh i i served misha tea once when i used to work at the tea garden but i didn't know who he was and so i was just like doop 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 regular customer and then this girl i worked with who was in high school was like hyperventilating in the kitchen i was like what the fuck fuck is wrong with you do you want to serve him instead she was like crying and she's like yes i'm like okay whatever I had that happen when i worked at starbucks down in seattle we actually had kelly clarkson come into my starbucks Wow. And all of my coworkers were losing their proverbial biscuits, and I'm just like, "Here's your tea, ma'am. What the hell is wrong with all of you?" And they're just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's funny. So, tell us a little bit about Bloom and Bone. Yeah, um, Bloom and Bone came about because Aiden and I are very crafty human beings, um, and we needed a place to like then send all of the crafty things that we make. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And when did Bloom and Bone come about really quick? Um, Bloom and Bone was officially born in the summer of 2018. So about this time, I'd had an Etsy store since 2008, and Aiden had dabbled in Etsy, and we finally were like, let's just collaborate, because we're collaborating in all other aspects of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why not in our business? And yeah. we wanted a space to, you know, share the things that we make and share it with other people and have a place to send our art into the world yeah and and find like our niche market Mm -hmm. and when we were in seattle we were aiming toward like the fremont lee market Mm -hmm. all there was a lot of like witchy craft fairs that happen particularly around halloween and we wanted to aim in that Mm -hmm. direction for our niche market and then moving up here of course we are having to rediscover that 
<laughs> yeah. So I'm curious, what does your niche market look like in Bellingham versus Seattle? Like it, it's, mm-hmm. have you noticed any similarities? Have you noticed, have you had to like adapt or what, what does it look like for you? We've definitely had to adapt a little bit and kind of making things like, and I use this term affectionately, like muggle friendly so that yeah. it's a little less like, oh, that's really woo. And it's like, no, no, it is really woo, but you can also use this in your daily life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I think when people come up to, we've done events, people come up to our booth like we know our people mm-hmm. because they either like mm-hmm. stop and they squeal or they come over and they're like, I follow you on Instagram and I've been really wanting to try this thing. And I'm like, oh, sweet. <laughs> but I think our, our kind of our niche market is a smaller market up here because there's fewer people who attend like the Renaissance Fair and are kind of into more new agey spirituality ideas. But Ever since I branched out into doing tinctures and like grounding aromatherapy perfumes and room spray, mm-hmm. I've certainly gotten more interesting interactions with a broader range of people. Yeah. Is there kind of a community in Bellingham of other craft business or crafters that maybe we don't see as non-crafty people, but like... Yeah people who buy crafty things but yeah so I'm just kind of curious what the scene is like I guess. (laughs) The scene is actually really fun and it's been easier and a little lower cost to get into but we are we're members of the Bellingham Handmade Collective okay and they're a small local artist collective that started off with a group of core group of artists and we joined as kind of a second wave of artists and we were supposed to be before COVID we were (laughs) supposed to be doing these really cool pop-up markets over at Gruff Brewing and Goods Market and that's what we were going to do with our summer Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. COVID happened. So um, we're just slowly yeah. like reorienting ourselves and figuring out, you know, how do we do this virtually? How do we do this from our front yard? Mm-hmm. Um, and coming up with other creative ideas. And absolutely that community has been a huge part of generating those ideas and sharing them. And so being part of Bellingham Handmade, and we're also members of another organization that's not local, but it's, it's actually it's international, and it's the Holistic Business mm-hmm. Academy run by Sarah Chapel, and that's a lovely organization that has really helped us in organizing how we approach our business as human beings. You know, sometimes we have bad days, and it's like, rather than push yourself through to just work, 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 the Holistic Business Academy is like, well, you should approach your business holistically, and I'm like, why didn't I think of this? <laughs> yeah. But I think the, the Bellingham Crafting Group, a lot of local artisans, you can definitely find them at the farmer's market. Northwest we like to go to Northwest Yarns, and they have what they call a crafting circle. So you don't have to just knit. You can crochet. Mm-hmm. You can, like, needlepoint. You can hand sew. You can hand I sew. Do that. It's very, very open and lovely. And we definitely are missing them with quarantine. Yeah, definitely. Do you have, like, well, what? so what are some of your specialties that you really focus on in your shop? Yeah, that's a great question. Right now, I am, like, for me, I'm branching out into expanding the range of tinctures that I make and offer. I have two kind and of... And what are these? Tinct- so tinctures are an infusion of herbs, either dried or fresh, in alcohol. Okay. Typically vodka, sometimes Everclear, and then it's basically steeped for like a month or more. Then you strain it, and then you you can ingest it. And so what I make, I currently have two tinctures. 
tinctures that I offer, and one of them is called Lemon Balm. Lemon Balm is a really lovely plant ally for helping us work through anxiety and a lot of our, you know, you get like that racy heart kind of feeling. I find if I take some Lemon Balm, it just helps me zen out a little bit, and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I work with Lemon Balm. I also have a Digestive Bitters tincture that okay. is great for cocktails mm-hmm. and mocktails and just human beings who are like, oh, I ate a little bit, like I'm a little uncomfortably full, and I generally reach for the carminative, or we call it carminative, but the digestive bitters, and it gently helps to stimulate your digestive system. It's like how people have a, an aperitif or a digestive before or after meals. It, these herbs mm-hmm. just help to soothe cranky tummies, but they also help support the natural movement of the muscles of your intestines. Um, and then he has recently started doing art prints, and I'll let him right. talk about that. Right. So I, when okay. we started this shop, I was making, I was really focused on making what I call moats and mad buns. And moats are humanoid dolls made out of upcycled and, and kind of reclaimed materials oh, that okay. are meant to be little little magical companions, little kind of helpers that people who are within the magic and witchy communities can use to help protect their homes, guide their practices, just a, a reminder of certain energies that they want to bring into their life. And then Mad Buns are the more cutesy side of it, where it's, it's a little generally made out of sock remnants, but not the bottom yucky half. Not it's, the foot part. Not the foot part, but like the, <laughs> the leg part that like, if you have like this fun colored socks, they have the fun print, so they have animals on them. And I reuse those into making little bunnies. Okay. Um, e- each one of my little creations has their own little story and their di- uh, likes and their dislikes, and uh, they they each come with their tag that explains all of that. And pronouns. And pronouns. Um, and these little mad buns are not mad in that they're angry, but mad in that they're very tricksy and they like to play jokes and they like to be silly. And it's really just to kind of open up people's hearts and minds to kind of their inner child and their inner delight. Um, and when we've been vending with them, okay. people kind of show up and they're kind of like, what are these doll things? I'm like, well, they each have their stories. Why don't you find out? And a lot of times they'll be, they'll start reading the tag and they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. And, and they and they have so much delight. And like, that's the reason why I make them is yes. for people to be yes. delighted by their stories. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the bulk of what I do. <laughs> it's so much fun as a vendor to, like, watch adults turn into little kids mm-hmm. when they read the descriptions from mm-hmm. each of these creatures. Yeah. You're, you're both artists, and it seems like you draw some inspiration or purpose from, like, mythical arts, holistic medicine, all that sort of of like natural sort of thing but as far as like aesthetics go or other sorts of inspiration for your artwork like where does that come from what do you do to get inspired and how, what's that process look like for you that's such a great mm. question mm-hmm. i think for me so as a i almost want to say rabid crafter but that's not the right word oh my god rampant rampant crafter <laughs> i have boxes and boxes of bits of fabric 
bits of lace, bits of ribbon. I have my grandmother's entire antique button collection. I have boxes and boxes of shiny things and keys and like we're basically like human magpies. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like digging through those piles and being like, oh like I have a I have a, a tea strainer that is shaped like a tiny teapot. And, huh. and I've been waiting to be like, okay, what sort of creature does this go to? Mm-hmm. Because it's such a delightful little thing and that it's very uncommon for people to see these things slash use them anymore because they're just kind of like found objects. Yeah. So there's a lot of delight found and just kind of digging through the piles to see what we have. Well, that's also so st- sustainable too. It's a great way yeah. to, to use up things or, or treasured things that maybe fell off something or got left behind can be repurposed into something else that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That, that collection of single earrings that everybody has. I know, <gasps> Aiden, I'm like, I lost this one, but here you can have the other one. He's like, great. <laughs> Sticks it in the shiny box. I have some I can donate. <laughs> Excellent. <would> I have so many, but I refuse to get rid of them because I'm like, what if? It's been three years, Annika. You're not going to find the other one. Like, you've moved twice. Like, it's not. She had this amazing pair of tiny silver dragon earrings that were, like, curled in a little circular shape. And mm-hmm. I wore them to work at Starbucks when I worked there. And I went home and I realized that I'd lost one. Like, a year later, I pulled it out of the dishwasher at work. And I was like, oh, that's where that went. <laughs> and I think by that time I'd lost the, the pair. So I still just had one. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think for like me as an artist, I draw a lot of inspiration from not only what I read, but also kind of what time of year I'm in, place or feeling. And so in my grand scheme of things, I, I have three cents that I offer right now and I want to do more yeah uh, to do a, a core set of four that follow basically the four big quarters of in a lot of uh, Wicca or witchy and pagan communities there's a wheel of the of the year celebrations that mark uh, specific points in the year and so things like midsummer or um, Yule or um, it's not called Halloween. It's called Samhain or Samhain. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh-huh. like the which is spring. And so I want to come up with scents or that mid-summer. evoke these points in the year because I find that interesting and it's a really fun challenge to like go, okay, what do I think of when I think of Yule of Christmas of that deep winter time and how could I make that into a smell? Mm-hmm. And so for my brain, I like teaching my nose what things smell like and then letting my brain just kind of sit on it for a while. I come back to things and I go, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to combine here. So it's like a lot of smelling things, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but when you make perfumes, you have to smell stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So, you know, for our listeners, they might be listening to some of this stuff and think, oh, you know, that sounds really cool, but I don't know if it's for me. But maybe they have somebody in their life that really loves sort of the mystical aspect or the natural aspect or just like really awesome local art. Or they just have somebody they have no idea how to shop for them because they have everything. How would you guide someone to find a really cool personalized 
gift? Oh, such a good question, Maria. Yeah. Mm. I think I'd ask them a few questions about what that person enjoys. Mm-hmm. Do they like visual art? Do they like scent? Do they like three-dimensional art, sculptural art? And kind of go from there. A really easy mm-hmm. easy gift. A lot of people have been purchasing the room and linen spray. I make a, a rosemary spray that several people have described as smelling like the inside of a hobbit hole. Like it's it's bright and it's sunny, and it's a little spicy and lovely and refreshing. And it's not overly rosemary. Sounds like scented. my dad would like that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too masculine, it's not too feminine, it doesn't linger super long the way other really lovely scents like patchouli or sandalwood can linger in a mm-hmm. space. This is very easy. It, it is the gateway drug. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> of our business. <laughs> um, I had a friend purchase one and then came back like two weeks later going, I need like five more because I'm going to give them away as gifts. And then... <sighs> me going I gave one to my mom and she wants to know where to get these for the rest of her life and I'm like sweet <laughs> oh wow so the the rosemary staining spray that I make is a really nice easy gift mm-hmm. that really suits all kinds of people Aiden do you have a recommendation or like a process that you would go through hmm. I don't know I mean my family has my brain wants to say suffered through a lot of <laughs> my moats and mad buns. They have enjoyed. They have enjoyed um, because for a, for, <laughs> for a long time, you know, I wasn't really making enough money to buy gifts. And yeah. my family is really difficult to buy gifts for because they're so <laughs> damn practical that like. There's it's... only so many gardening tools you could buy these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I have, I have kind of fallen into the habit of just giving my, my family and friends moats and mad buns, generally mad buns, cause they're the more fun ones. And I think mad buns in my area of what we create are definitely the easiest entry way because while they're not necessarily designed for for young children because they do have buttons and they do have shiny things attached to them that could come off. It's fun and silly and I think people need to be remembered that it's okay to be fun and silly sometimes and that it's good for the soul to giggle over something. Yeah. It definitely is. I just think it sounds so whimsical. I should get one for my desk at work. You absolutely should. (laughs) Be an excellent talking point as well. So right now, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're doing a lot of your business as either like a vendor or through Etsy and that sort of thing? That is correct. Do you have plans to open a brick and mortar business? And if so, what would it take for that to happen? <laughs> We'd love to have our own store here in Bellingham that not only is a space for us to showcase our art and offerings, but as a space to showcase the art of other people in the community and particularly mm. highlight members of the BIPOC community, the Black Indigenous People of Color. Mm. And also just to like, like our big giant dreams is to have one side as kind of a coffee shop cafe and the other side is more of the, the shop space. Mm-hmm. so that we can have people who want to do crafting meetings, you can have business meetings, you can have gatherings, 
and just space where it's accessible for all kinds of people. So it elevates more voices than just our own. Okay. That's kind of our like five to 10 year plan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have any more thing more to add to that. Mm, not really. That pretty much sums it up. We have, we have a list of friends and other crafters who we like we know that we want to carry their offerings and their yeah. products in the store and we're already starting to have that conversation of okay what does this look like what will it take and looking at business license and going through the reseller permit and well how much does it actually take to start up a yeah. business but it's definitely been a uh well, yeah, a recent conversation topic and a, well, we have the time now to do to do this thinking and all this planning because of quarantine. Uh, why not take advantage of it and, and use this time to lay some of the foundation work? I think that's a really, a really great kind of future plan and, and mission statement to not only have your own business, but to, to be able to host other people's works as well. So kind of while, you know, as as the world is, you know, a little bit turning on its head, uh, do you have any local Black, Indigenous, or people of color artists that you want to plug while you're on the podcast? And then maybe other people can find uh, their work as well. There's, there's one person that we're actually conversing with to get a piece of art for our home. Savannah Le Cornu, who is a local indigenous artist. And uh, what kind of piece are you commissioning from Savannah? Savannah has done this really beautiful bear. It's the Pacific piece. Northwest uh, indigenous art style. Mm-hmm. And it's a really lovely bear head with um, the two paws kind of coming down like they're holding their chest. It really speaks to the house that we're living in right now. <laughs> Yeah, we've, we've named this house Ursa House, and so we definitely want to, like, bring the, the bear energy in, and Savannah, we met Savannah at a vending event put on by Bellingham Handmade, and really, really loved chatting with her, really enjoyed working with her, and finding the right piece for our, our space. Oh, that sounds so much fun, and, you know, I've, I've also, like, my boyfriend and I, we've been looking or at least dreaming of, of buying more local art. It's, you know, we want to we wanna be able to support the artists in our community. Uh, but it, it can be a pretty significant chunk of change, so we want to find something we really like. How often does um, the handmade vendor show, like how often, how often does that meet up? Or, or where can people go to find resources about that community? Bellingham Handmade Community has a brick-and-mortar storefront here in Bellingham. Mm-hmm. And they they have recently adjusted their hours. Is it the one that's kind of by Hagen on Meridian? Yep, the bright yellow building. Oh, okay, so it's out there. Yep, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they are working with the phase two uh, of opening things up. So people can go into the store at this time. And there's also ways to either contact the artists who are part of the collective and say, you know, hey, I really like this thing. Can we buy it either mm-hmm. at the store? Can you drop it off at the store? Mm-hmm. Uh, they came up with a really cool system where the artisans can sell things. You know, oh, I saw this thing on Etsy and I want to buy it. And they're like, great. And to help the artisans not necessarily need to, like, ship things, the artisans can take and drop off the product at the Bellingham 
client can come at a different time and pick up that item. Mm-hmm. Also, the Bellingham Handmade website has links to all the current artists that then you can click on it and it'll either go to, I don't know if they've gotten the their e-store launched yet. It either sure, it'll definitely take you to the artist the artist website. website or Etsy shop and it kind of streamlines it and say, hey, you want to buy someone local? Here are the people to do that, which is really cool. So I was curious if the quarantine inspired anything new with your work, whether it be more practical inspirations or more creative inspirations. But I'm just curious if COVID-19 and um, hell, everything that's going on right now, yeah. if that <laughs> oh yeah, if that inspired uh, new work from you guys. Right. Yes, it absolutely has. For me, I've always been a, a, a visual artist doing 2D art, okay. and I've always been drawing and sketching every single day. And I've been inspired to start doing art prints of my work, and with that kind of evolution of making my art available to the public, which is really scary for artists. <laughs> it's very scary. I finally was able to invest in buying a iPad Pro to start doing digital art. Fun. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and it also is a way for me to save my energy and to take care of my body because I make stuff with my hands all day long and my day job is I currently make jewelry and being able to do digital art eases the wear and tear on my hands when I'm making art and allows me to take better care of my body while still producing the amount of art that I want to produce every single day. Jennifer, do you have uh, an answer to Annika's question? I feel like mine has definitely been a little bit more practical. Behind the scenes, I've actually started doing a lot of creative writing again. Mm. So for me, quarantine has done two things. It's given me a lot of time to read and to start reading books that expose my brain to stories that are queer, that are full of people of color, and it's not just white, straight people. Mm -hmm. And so I've been starting to write, whether it gets published or not, but I've been starting to write (laughs) my own kind of space opera, for lack of a better word. And then the practical thing that I've been doing is I've been making, actually both of us have been making a lot of masks. Mm. We make two different styles. There's one that's the pleated medical mask, rectangular medical mask style. Mm -hmm. We made a bunch of those for donating here in Bellingham, and then Aiden made like 50, over 50 masks that yeah. then sent to the Navajo Nation because they are one of the highest affected groups of people by the COVID virus, and their ability to get aid has been severely impacted and or is non-existent, and so a lot of people are making masks and donating, and we as white colonizers live on unseated Duwamish and Lummi territory, it's really important for us as artists and people who live in this territory to give back to those communities, mm-hmm. as well as just making masks for people around town and our families and our friends. And I've had people go, well, you know, how much are they? And I'm like, they're however much you want to pay for them. It's a, it's a donation base. And for people who want to and are able to pay, there's like a full price price. But I've had some friends message me and they're like, I can give you a dollar. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to give you a mask. Do 
you want to, I'll send you mm. two. Huh. And so like I kind of go into like mom mode where I'm like, no, you need a mask. I'm going to send it to you. I love you. And uh, I just, I love loving on other people so much that making masks has helped me feel like I can do something that is beneficial for me and beneficial for other people. Yes, we need the mask makers for sure. And the creative makers. And the creative makers. We all have a piece in this great puzzle that we're trying to put together to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess my, my final question before we move on to our last segment, you guys are, are not only business partners, but also you live together, partners uh, in life. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is correct. So mm-hmm. do you have any sage wisdom about, you know, working together, teamwork that you'd like to push out to our listeners as many people have been home with their loved ones for a long time now might be getting frustrated, but you do it every day, probably quarantine or not. So or maybe they'd like to hear your advice. Oh, yeah. Two big things, I think, from from my side of this communication. Oh, my God. And, and in fact, over communication or what some people would call over communication. When I asked Juniper how they're doing, it's a no, really tell me how you're doing. Yeah. It's a if you need me to leave you alone. Let me know so I can give you some alone time because we are, we're fortunate enough to be able to, you know, we have, we have access to a, a nice house and we have access to all of our needs being met, but we're also still in close quarters nearly all the time and working from home just mm-hmm. kind of ramps all that up. Mm-hmm. And to, and the second thing kind of adds on to that is taking solo time and taking scheduled solo time away from the people that you love is super important. Um, because if you don't, you'll end up biting each other's heads off and then you'll feel terrible. Yeah. Like solo dates are brilliant. Yeah. And that's like, that's honestly what I would, would say as well. Some of the phrases that I have learned from being a massage therapist have translated over really well in just relationships, not just in a romantic partnership, but just relationships in life of there's things of, so I noticing you're doing X. Can you tell me more about that? Like those two phrases have been used to irritatingly wonderful degree. Mm. <laughs> Where sometimes Aiden will come up and he's going, you know, so I'm noticing that you're, you know, you're kind of grouchy, you're, you're plugged in. Do you do you need some solo time? Can you tell me more about how you're feeling right now? And it's a really nice way to kind of have that marker of that little flag of like, hey, I love you, I care about you. Can we check in? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're like, I think if I, if I drank, if I took a drink, a sip every time we checked in during the day, I would... You'd be plastered pretty pretty quickly. That's a fun drinking game. (laughs) (laughs) Every time your significant other does what they're supposed to do, you take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that that over-communication and it's so helpful. Mm -hmm. And I really like that sentence starter that you gave us, Juniper. I will try to use it with my students next year. When I am curious about what they're doing, which is often. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. It's great advice. I hope everybody listens and pays attention. Uh, but we are going to wrap this up with our final and 
favorite segment, which is called Local Treasures. In this uh, part of the show, we do a roundtable sharing of something we ate, drank, or otherwise consumed recently that fills us with local pride. Uh, Juniper and Aiden, do you have anything like that that you want to share with our listeners? Absolutely. One, a, a recent discovery that we've been, oh, we should really, we should really try and go get some, um, has been ginger beer from Bright and Sunny, um, and I think they have their stuff at the co-op as well as the Avalino, Avalino Bakery. Bakery, yeah, the co-op, the farmers market, mm-hmm. and they're starting. And I think, uh, gosh, Elizabeth Station might also carry it. I mean, they have everything, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, and they're also part of the Bellingham Handmade mm-hmm. community as well. That's how we discovered them. It is so delicious. Yeah. That bottle went real quick. It went so fast. I was like, oh, I should have gotten two. I knew I should have gotten two. (laughs) Oh, I love ginger. I'll have to pick some up. Yes. It's so good. It's so good. My pick this week is black sheep. I, I, we went on a date. You know, our first date of, of being out in the real world. And it was just nice because we got to sit out on the patio and, and have a drink and enjoy some tacos. And, and everybody in town knows they're great. But I just really enjoyed getting back out there and, and eating good food and being in downtown again. So thank you so much, Juniper and Aiden, for being on. We are so happy that we could share your wonderful business with our listeners. And hopefully they come and visit you and buy things for themselves and others. That would be lovely. And thank you both so much for hosting us. And this was absolutely delightful. (laughs) We also want to say thank you to Jeff Bigley for doing our music, Annika for doing our editing, and all of our wonderful listeners. So with that, we're going to leave you with a big stay healthy, Bellingham. A little more subdued, Maria. Please stay healthy.